Hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 57 of the F Reality podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and on Twitch. You can tune into the show live at 7pm in the UK, no 7pm in Europe, sorry, 6pm in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud and on Anchor. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat. We'll try to answer as many questions as we can. I can't believe I messed up the intro. It's the first time I've messed up the intro since we've been <laughs> doing this show. Vacation. Never go on vacation, Mike, again. Never. Exactly, exactly. I feel Not like it's allowed. affecting me. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let me introduce you to everyone. First up, this guy is a modern-day Houdini in VR. He loves nothing more than to escape rooms. It's ZimTalk5. How you doing, man? You all right? <laughs> don't, don't, remind me, don't remind me of these escape rooms. Oh man, it's been good. It's been good. I've had a, uh, I've, I've had just like you. Uh, I've had a, a fallout as a result of my vacation. I realized that both my wife and my computer neither wanted me to go to California. Uh, my wife broke some dishes. My, my, uh, no, she didn't really. But my computer did break my hard drive. So uh, that's been fun. <laughs> but you, you're getting back on track do you feel okay you, you, in yourself you know you're sleeping okay everything else oh, no. no i feel good yeah yeah the uh the 5 a.m beat saber helped that mm -hmm. wow <laughs> <laughs> okay that's the cure apparently for jet lag uh okay so next up he's the oracle of vr and also the supplier of pepper nuts it's nathy how you doing man you're right yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a little sick as you can uh, as you can hear, but uh, I'm working fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 slowly coming back to to the YouTube's. So, yeah, the tubes of you. Uh, okay, finally, uh, is it a bird? Is it a lime? No, it's rowdy on a scooter. <laughs> How you doing, man? You all right? Yeah, I'm all right, man. I am fully recovered of my OC5 trip. Uh, the first uh, the first day was a bit rough, you know, because uh, after that Mike got dropped by the plane uh, in London, I still had to wait for six hours a layover before I could <laughs> finally get my trip home. So in total, I was on a plane. Oh, I was traveling for roughly, I think, 20, 26 hours or something that I was wow. traveling. So yeah, that was a bit uh, a bit of a pickle uh, the first day because after that I I I, I kind of slept the entire day and then I went back to work. So the, it was actually the second day after uh, OC five that was way worse than the first one. Yeah, mm. for me at least. Uh, but yeah, plus you just I, like you're just missing your your, your plane buddy because we were sitting right opposite each other on the plane. Well, you were sitting behind me on the plane. People people were saying that it was planned, but it wasn't really as planned as people thought because I was the one who changed my seat. You, you had the fixed seat, right? You had the seat in the yeah. back. And I was like, oh, I'm going to sit in the back as well because I don't like sitting in the front too much. Uh, so I was like, okay, like uh, I'm going to switch in the in the back. And I just like by accident, like chose like the seat right behind Mike. <laughs> so the entire that, trip that, was like putting my, my knees in like his, his back. <laughs> That's not actually true. He, he stalked <laughs> no. me and he found out what seat I was sitting in. That's yeah. a true story. Uh, so there we have it. Last but my name is Lise, myself, the host of the show, Mike from Virtual Reality Oasis. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about Astrobot Rescue Mission on PSVR. Is this the droid VR has been looking for? We talk about the hype surrounding this third-person platformer. We're also going to be talking about the Vive wireless adapter hands-on experience. Wireless VR is clearly the future, but are these costly wireless adapters worth the price? Well, stay tuned to find out. And then also, we're going to be rounding up the show with our Oculus Quest specs. We dive 
dive into the specs of the upcoming headset from Oculus and recap on everything we learned back at OC5. Uh, but first, let's find out what everyone's been playing in VR this week and their sort of highlight of the week. And let's start it off with uh, with Zim to see what he's been up to, because there's a couple of games that I know you've played this week that I'm interested to hear your thoughts about. So hopefully you're going to talk about one of those games. I got, I got, I got too many to talk about, I know. so I'll, just, I'll say I, I will dive into one. Um, I've already picked which one that is. I, let's see, I got my ass handed to me in Creed by a Finnish 10-year-old. Um, <laughs> At least he's Finnish, you know, he's a uh, Viking, right? <laughs> they finished first, you know. Um, Vox Machina was absolutely brilliant, really having fun with that. Um, I'll tell you, if you've got any tactile transducers or whatever, man, I wore my sub pack and my butt kicker, cranked them up, and my, my wife comes in, she's like, Honey, the kids are trying to sleep. And I'm like, I'm trying to mech, honey. You know? <laughs> Priorities. Priorities, exactly. Uh, got owned in Firewall because, goddammit, people know how to play that game now. And um, the one I want to talk about is Submerged, uh, which is the – I thought that was the one you might like. This is a – This is a. I, I like my VR uh, and real-life escape rooms. And it was, uh, it was one that just caught my eye on Oculus Home. I don't know when it launched. must have been somewhat recently. And um, you start off in a room, and the whole idea is you're basically Jack in the Titanic. You know the bit where he gets chained to the bed? Not that bit, the, the other bed bit, uh, <laughs> where he's, he's chained down, and he's like, he's like, uh, Rose, Rose, get a hatchet and fucking, like, you know, and she's, like, dinging away, and then the water's rising. That's basically the game as a VR escape room. Uh, when I started off, and just to allay any other fears, if anyone takes this as a recommendation, if you like VR escape rooms, it's a good one. Um, it, it, it... It does things that will infuriate you, but when you realize and figure out certain puzzles, and the only thing I have to say is the initial room isn't broken. You'll figure it out. It seems like you start in a room with no way to do anything, and once you figure it out, you'll uh, you'll continue. And that's the way it just keeps going in these like phases, and I really like that. I have not beaten it yet. Did end up standing on uh, on, on my staircase in my room up, trying to like get my head above the water. <sighs> Wow, and I'm trying really? to do that, and I almost fell over in VR, like in real life. Uh, I could have broken something. But, um, almost a second fun. death in VR happened. It was fun. Yeah, yeah that, that was a good one. So if you, you probably wouldn't have heard of it. It's submerged. Uh, VR escape the room. Why yes. they didn't call it escape room? Bugs the hell out of me. But they I think must it's on. Non-English. I think it's on Steam and Oculus, right? I think it's available on both platforms. And I think it's relatively cheap as well. So if you like those kind yeah. of puzzle games, but definitely it it piqued my interest. And when you said that you were playing it, I was like, yes, finally, I'm going to be able to find out about this game. Because I know you were playing Vox as well, which I'm also very interested to play as well. Uh, but Submerged is is on my list before Vox. So I'm going to try and check that out. I know. It's, it's like first world problems. We've got too many good games to play. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, 100%. So uh, let's kick it over to uh, Nathy and find out what you've been playing this week. Don't say Astrobot. I play one game, and that's Astrobot, the rescue mission. I, I haven't played anything else. Well, I, I did play the lab, too, to check out the Vive Wireless Adapter, but we're soon yep. going to talk about that. Um, by the way, it's always fun to play the lab. You know, it, it never gets old. It's 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 great to, you know, be in you there. You the lab, too. No, the lab. Oh, the lab. Play the lab too. Did I say the lab oh, too. Oh, also. Oh, right, 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 right. I was like, <laughs> because that's a great game. It's a great game. Sorry. The lab to confirm people. You know, that's one of the three games that is coming. <laughs> that would be that would be so yeah. nice. I no. want it. <laughs> Next time, uh, I have three. But- uh, Astrobot Rescue Mission. You know, uh, super fun title. Uh, really want that. Um, took me back to the good old PlayStation vibes. You know. Uh, with the PSVR, 
And um, it's a third person platformer. And as you guys may know, you know, I'm a big fan of that. Um, and uh, again, this is one of those uh, games that really is pushing that genre forward, brings more respect to the table. People are like, hey, this is here to stay. It was the same with um, the um, uh, the other third person game that recently Moss. came out. Like, Moss. Moss. And, and there was another one that was a native uh, pancake game. And they um, it's with, with the girl that goes to hell. Oh, and, Hellblade. Uh, Hellblade, exactly. Right. So there are more and more third-person VR games coming out now that are so good. And this one is next level. You know, they play around with the controller. You have like, yeah. it's like a like a, a, a gamepad game. But as you may know, on the PlayStation, the uh, controller is tracked. And uh, there's all kinds of stuff happening around your controller. So your controller pretty much comes to life. And, and, and that brings so much like interaction to... Uh, to your screen. So it's it's really nice. It's super cute. It's so fun. Cool. So we're going to be talking more about Astro Bot later on. But yeah. um, also your other sort of game you played was uh, Mission Recover Nathy with, with medicine <laughs> because you're feeling a little bit ill as well, aren't you? Bless you. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so when I came back from Oculus Connect, uh, I was at my, uh, my uh, uncle's place and uh, then someone said, like, yeah, I'm not sure if I told you, peeps, but I'm sick. I was like, well, maybe you should have told me up front so I didn't, like, come in the first place. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, I'm so screwed. Yeah, so and then I got sick. Everyone, um, like, type, like, Huck in the, in the chat for me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, right? Um, lucky me. So this, um, this, is, this is what happens when you, you, you invite four geeks that never leave their house out into the real world. <laughs> we just can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. Too much yeah, social no. interaction. <laughs> Yeah. Like if someone says they are sick and they just gave me a hug or a kiss or something, I'm like, okay, you know what? Uh, I appreciate you a lot, but I think I'm going to just, you know, <laughs> put on like one of those suits from Stranger Things <laughs> and uh, I, I'm just going to clean everything because I think I'm screwed, you know? Yeah. So, I, yeah. I told this Mike the first year. I mean, I knew about kind of convention flu and convention plague and all that. So part of my wardrobe is that I wear gloves if you ever meet me at a at a convention, uh, like biker gloves and it's part of the trick it's like <laughs> i don't have to actually touch you yeah but, i think surgical are, gloves would have been a bit would have gone a bit far right? like, like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh but, but uh, this tastes like <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but funny story though is that when i uh, uh went to connect and i was sitting in a plane i found out that i lost a piece of my tooth uh, while I was eating, so I was like, okay, now I'm like, now, now I'm going to have a problem, you know, I'm going next, to have like some pains, <laughs> and and I'm at the convention and I can't talk to anyone. Um, but in the end, that didn't happen. But when I came back, and this is this is a great story. So I went to my dentist, and um, I told I told him like, yeah, you know what, I could have gone to the Facebook dentist too because at the Facebook campus, uh, I got a tour there. They had a, <laughs> a dentist that I could go to for free. Wow. Uh, and then it's like, ah, whatever. Yeah, it was a great story, but uh, he didn't believe the whole thing. I was like, <laughs> it's like making it up. Facebook as a dentist, people. I'm not joking. If you work at Facebook, you can go to the dentist there. You can go to the hairdresser there. You can of eat course. ice cream there. You can go to wow. an arcade. Uh, they want you there. never to leave. Exactly. Yes. It's, the, it's the evil corporate efficiency side. It's like, yeah, you don't well, need to leave the campus. Just go over here. You don't, you don't have to. to work. You don't have to. We so, need like a flashlight on the Zim when he says that. You don't need to leave here. You can just go over here. 
It's funny. Everything that happens in Silicon Valley stays in Silicon Valley. You, That's how you, it felt so like after. Your tooth stayed in Silicon Valley, then, <laughs> Nathy. Well, in I don't know where where the rest of my tooth went. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I was just, it was just gone, and then I was like, I don't know where it went. So I think if you really want to know him and you want to go into detail, I think I just <laughs> ate it or something. I don't know. Fair enough. Happens the best. <laughs> it's a, it's a, so let's find out what's happened to Rowdy this week then. Have you lost any tooth or are you sick or are you okay? Well, I mean, I almost did when we went like on a little scooter and I was like trying to oh. film the entire thing with one hand. Uh, I almost lost a couple of tooth, a couple of teeth there as well. But uh, I didn't see Mike like doing any like crazy stunts. He was just like with his two hands on the wheel and be like, yeah, you know, I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah that's because that. I saw the bruises that you had when you came off yours last time. So I was like, no way am I doing that. Especially yeah. like in America, like injuring yourself or breaking an arm is a really bad idea because you have to pay for it over there. Whereas, you know, it's not like over here where you can just dick about on skateboards and stuff and just roll into the NHS like, oh, I broke my arm. Yeah, like, I, got yeah, we'll you know. I got travel insurance. I'm not worried about all of that. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I, what, I did, uh, what I did this week, actually today, since I'm only just back from a, from a train trip, I went to... Um, to First Look Festival in Utrecht, which is a gaming festival where I got invited by the by the people from Vertical Games, um, who were so nice to uh, like uh, help me out with the trip. And then uh, I got to try out their uh, Arizona Sunshine um, Arena experience. So it's like the, yeah, the same yeah. thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Right, yeah. because uh, you did it as well, Mike. If I'm, if I remember, yeah, it was correctly. at Gamescom. Yeah, at Gamescom. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it was it was a blast. It was actually the the DLC level, but then modified uh, to mm-hmm. like fit to the to the arena experience. Actually, it was the uh, the original one that was uh, the arena experience, and they later modified it uh, for. Uh, the ones that w- that I played on the HC Vive, uh, just on my regular room scope, because certain things just would be maybe like too long or like wouldn't work as well um, in the arena experience as they do with the, the just teleporting rocket launch DLC. Yeah, exactly yeah, that okay. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so please yeah. tell me it was disappointing, Rowdy. Uh, no, it was. Damn cool. it! Damn it! <laughs> and and, I mean, and and because it's... sorry, go on, go on. Yeah, the the thing is like what I what I what I liked about it was again that you got to play with other people together. It wasn't as um, as precise as I would say as like you know the dead and buried kind of experience um, because you know you had like um, all all the objects in the dead and buried experience there as well. But then again, like the the graphical quality of Arizona Sunshine is just like on like a higher level. I don't I don't even know if they're able to bring something like that to the quest. Uh, I did talk to them; they were very excited about the quest as well. Um, but I don't know if they'll be able to port the title because it's already such a graphically intense game uh, that I don't know if they'll be able to port that one to uh, to the quest as well. I have, I mean, yeah. Fingers crossed. Cool. And and like, did you really enjoy the parts where you're on different platforms or when you go in lifts and stuff in that area? It's just yeah. so good. Although although it didn't really because did you say like the the platform vibrated for you? No 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 that was in uh, the void. Only in the void, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, uh, I mean, I I did have that feeling, um, especially when you need to like jump like over the bar, yeah. Like, cause there's like a little gap there. So I, I mean, I of course I knew that there wasn't like a gap there, but it, it's so much cooler if you go with that and you actually like jump, because it gives yeah. you that feeling of like you know, mm-hmm. oh man, I'm I'm really somewhere else. I really like that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
Mm. How would you compare it to the Void? Because did you, did you try the Void at OC5? Yeah, I did. Well, I mean, the Void is still on a different level just because of the of the precision of the tracking, um, all the peripherals that are around there because of like the heat and like the you know the winds and the and the, the hand tracking as well that you have in there. Since I I played it together with Kaz and Cherry or in the chat as well, and at a certain point I took like a Cherry's hand and started like you know dancing with her, but it looked like hilarious because I was like dancing with like a stormtrooper. Like it was freaking hilarious to do it. And then um, uh, we got to pick up the guns and you hold like a real actual gun in your hands. It feels more uh, finished, but that's just something that, you know, is more like an arcade level kind of experience than something you could try. I can still imagine if you have a large house, you know, a, a large room where you can do virtual reality, I think you could still play the Arizona Sunshine DLC in, in, uh, in an arena way. For sure. I think the best thing about Arizona Sunshine LB edition is that you could set that up anywhere relatively cheap, right? Yeah. Uh, whereas the, the Void is, takes a bit more, you know, work involved the, the to only get that thing, set up. The only thing they were complaining about a bit was just the time it took uh, in between sessions because they had to like reboot the entire thing and like restart, right. recenter and all that kind of stuff. So it would be nice to see that kind of stuff also made easier uh, for them. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't think they can do that. It's something more that has to do with the, with HTC and the Vive. Uh, but that is what they said that, that they found so impressive with the Quest because that was literally, you took the headset, you put it on, it scans the environment and bam, you're, you're playing uh, you're playing virtual reality. Well, there it still took like, like four to five minutes each time that you know a session was over to like restart it to like recalibrate everything and to to make sure that everything was uh, was right for the next group. Yeah, and I take it they were using Vive Pros and the wireless adapters as well because uh, that was no, my first. No, they were not oh. using the wireless adapters. They were using oh. the backpack with the with the PC. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. okay, that's interesting because they at Gamescom the they were Pro, using they were using no the Pros wireless. with wireless adapters. Yeah. No ah, way. Okay. Were they maybe sponsored by like a, like a brand there? That's why they use backpacks, or was it just because of other reasons? What do you think? I have no idea. I actually didn't ask. Maybe, and you said you had maybe a little bit of issue with the tracking. Me? Yeah. Um, no, I didn't have no, any, okay. anything with the track. I mean, okay. uh, the only thing I was maybe a li- if, if I'm critical, the um, positioning of the of the other people in the virtual space was not a hundred percent. But that's because they're using, of course, an algorithm to position right. uh, the other person in the 3D space in your in your in, in your headset. Right. Uh, but yeah. my own, is I it- mean, it's, the vibe is really precise for your own controllers. Yeah. Mm. Really interesting that they didn't go with the, the wireless adapter route like they did at yeah. Gamescom because that worked flawlessly, in my opinion. Well, I mean, Mike, at least you can play the game multiplayer there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> if you want to play the Arizona multiplayer and you want it to work, then you should go to these kind of events. Yeah, yeah, exactly. IP address input is just awful. Um, <laughs> but let's move on to what I played this week, and that was um, Creed. You know, as soon as I got back from OC5, I had the Vive wireless adapter box on my uh, in my office ready to sort of check out. So I quickly got that up and running. We're going to be talking more about that later. Uh, but I thought Creed was going to be a good game to check it out, you know, moving around in a little play space, ducking and diving, dishing out some punches and some haymakers in VR sounded a lot of fun. So I checked it out, and I think I recall Zim saying that he felt like it was kind of arcadey, where I was hoping it was going to be more sim-like. Uh, but he's totally right. It is more arcadey than you probably think. Uh, but it's not as arcadey as I thought Knockout League was. Uh, Knockout League, I would kind of akin to like Super Punch-Out, like on the SNES, you know, where you have to really sort of memorize the patterns of the fighters and then you you jab and punch 
in between the sort of their moves. Whereas Creed, it feels a bit more natural. Like uh, there isn't a, a set pattern to, to their fighting style. Um, so you just kind of have to naturally box like you would in real life. So that was kind of... You're good, talking the single player part of it, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, so that was good in my mind. Uh, I did. I did really like uh, the training montages yeah, between the fights. The they they were just hilarious. hilarious. It's yeah. so funny. Like if, if you if you don't know, basically, like in between fights, you have to train for the next one. So they've got like a punch bag where you have to like do it really quickly, and then like Rocky Balboa is like coaching you, like yeah, you have to punch the bag, and then like you're on a treadmill. The, like the next five seconds, you have to run really fast for five seconds, and then you've got like the the ball, like the medicine ball thing that you're like punching it's, it's hilarious you feel like you're in your own like rocky montage it's funny because it only lasts like you know like five or six seconds every training session then you're like exactly okay you're ready and it's like just yeah. like in the movies which you see like you know like those clips where like the guy is like training and like you know yeah. running and then like all of a sudden he's ready for the fight because it's like months later um yeah they they really did that really well i find that hilarious to do that yeah I agree. And actually, I got a lot more positive on this game than I did when I sampled it before. They kind of, if I was to put the kind of threshold of, they kind of brought it to the middle point, I'd say. So it's not as arcade feeling as it used to be, but still some of the, you know, they ghost your fist. So like your character is tired, but you actually are still punching. Yeah. That's the one design decision that I find. I see why they did it, but it's tough. And I don't know if you found this. Did you play PvP at all? Did you find? No, I didn't. Because the button mashing in PvP is a little bit annoying. Like, I got schooled by a 10-year-old. Uh, I definitely did. And, um, doesn't feel good. I was flailing as much as he was, but it was basically just a cat fight. We were just like, you know? Like, so, I don't know. Right. Play more, I guess. And I, I think overall, like, it's it's a well-polished game. You know, Servios has a great sort of uh, track record of quality titles, you know, Sprint Vector and Raw Data. But it's kind of like, I kind of get the feel of their games, and including with Creed, that I don't really have the desire to go back and play them again and again and again. They're kind of like one-hit wonders for me. And I think the reason why they have that feel to them is because they're mainly an arcade-based company, right? Like, they, they make products for arcade experiences and and that's kind of what it feels like so although i enjoyed my experience and i would recommend it for people that want to try out a boxing game or definitely if they want to get fit in vr because i was like dripping with sweat afterwards and i ached for days afterwards as well um but for me it just wasn't like the game that i'm going to keep going back to you know four nerds in a room that's all i'm saying (laughs) <laughs> but talking about the uh, training montages if you want to check out a, tr- a funny training montage go and check out paradise decay's video of creed <laughs> like the first few minutes of his video are him training in real life and it is just so funny to watch so yeah uh, that, that one cracked me up out talking about um, bd he now has a playstation vr so congratulations yes. he's, he's been advertising in the chat <laughs> yes oh nice yes. all the games that he plays the race is on Mike VPD, who will play and beat Resident Evil 7 first? Oh, I think it's going to be PD. I, I put my money on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there's no way you can beat that. No. No. Um, but also whilst on the subject of boxing and moving sort of into our quick news, um, box VR is actually free this weekend. So box VR is a fun title as well. If you're into sort of fitness in VR, uh, the cool thing about box VR is though, you can upload your own musical tracks and really sort of have like a daily workout in there a bit like Ruby rise on, on, on Twitch. Um, but you can check it out for free on steam and Oculus home this weekend. And if you like the game and you want to buy it, you get 25% off this weekend as well. So I'd give that a little shout out. And they actually give, they actually teach you how to punch. Like they actually teach you some skills 
skills about punching in form True. that actually the boxing game doesn't. So yeah. and they give you and they give you data about how you are working out and they motivate you to come back every day as well. Yeah. yeah. So Box VR is definitely a title worth checking out and it's free. So you can go and check it out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's move into one of the first topics of our quick news this week, and that is injections in VR. So this is a cool bit of news that I found this week. And, you know, we've all been there. Everyone hates injections, but it's kind of one of those necessary evils, you know, like they're either there to prevent you from being sick or to help us from getting over sickness. Uh, and there was a study by Sansom Clinics in California that found that by giving kids a VR headset whilst they get an injection, uh, the kids reported a 48% noted less pain and 52% less fear of actually getting the injection itself. So that was kind of cool. That was way back in 2017. And then a little bit earlier earlier on than that, uh, later on than that, sorry, uh, a further study was developed by Ogilvy. Uh, Brazil and Hermes uh, Pardini in Sao Paulo. And they took the concept further by developing their own VR application to tie in with the injection itself. And they call it VR vaccine. And this is the video that we're probably showing showing now. And what they do is they use a Gear VR headset to give to the kid. And then they have an application on a smartphone with a mirror. So the nurse can see exactly what's happening in the game in the headset. And then they replicate it in real time. So, you know, there's a part in the game where the character is like using a little cotton swab on the the arm of the kid. And then obviously the nurse is doing that at the same time and then dishing out the injection at the same time. Now, I think this is... The R vaccine escaped the room. (laughs) (laughs) If you do a good job, you don't get a shot. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's it's a really smart thing to do because like, you know, it's so incredibly smart. I I posted this on Twitter as well and it got like retweeted by so many people since this is like something that I, not even like, like kids, like there's a lot of adults that were saying like, you know, I could use this, you know, every time I get like, because I mean, it isn't a fun experience for anyone doing it. But no. as an adult, you just go like, yeah, you know, I just need to like, uh, just go with it. But if you see this kind of stuff, they did it very smart because what they do is they first do like with like the ice crystal that they put on, which yeah. is basically just like the rubbing alcohol that they're yeah. just putting on there. And it will probably feel like a little bit cold. So they call it like the ice crystal. And then after that, they need to put like a, the, the fire crystal on there, which, you know, it will sting a little bit, but don't worry. It will only be like a brief second. Like the character actually says that. And then while they put like the fire crystal on, then the needle comes and you see a kid just like sitting there like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. And then in the yeah, end, yeah. you know, they, they feel like a, like a hero because, you know, they saved the, the, the universe and like that little short experience they had. It's, it's a brilliant way of doing it. And it just shows so, the application potential of virtual reality. Beyond and it. that's the thing, like just, just being distracted from the environment that's around you and what might happen is a first step. But like they've, they've, they've taken it to a next level here. And I think it's such a cool idea. And yeah, I'm fascinated definitely. by the uses of VR for like medical purposes. And we've talked about this before on the, on the show where they've used VR for people actually having full surgical operations, you know, that they couldn't anesthetize people so they're doing that you know distracting them with vr but i was just wondering like where where does this go from here you know they could take it to another level you know maybe like nathy you know with the dentist you know they put like a vr headset in there you could be distracted and much happier in his little vr world you know all of a sudden maybe they, like, they, they boot up resident evil and you're like screwed then <laughs> well, yeah. people who have i can't remember who exactly there's a content creator who mentioned this that that uh, their trip to the dentist they use an oculus go uh, yeah. For the same reason, I, I, I've done it for years. Where I use uh, in-ear monitors, the type that go in your inner ear canal, and mm-hmm. um, listening to music. Because if if you can drown out the sound of like drills or anything nasty that's going on in there, it, it takes away you know your attention from it, and it makes the whole thing do, do way easier. Allow that? Are you allowed yeah. to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, they they have no problem with that. Is is there? Do they have enough space to actually work on your well? Because it's a big. Well, the go, I yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, your mouth is just kind of jacked open, right? Ah, yeah, I, I want to see, I want to see that, okay. Nathan. Next time you go to the dentist, I want to, well, I want to selfie yeah, from wait, you. Wait, wait, but wait, I, that's like, first, I actually have to go first, do, that, week, uh, so. do that thing again with his mouth. Like, how, how did it go again? No, I'm, you're not photoshopping anything. Thank you. No. <laughs> but like, how far can they go with this? You know, maybe like, you know, you have to go in for a, like a vasectomy or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, whoa. I'm never putting a go on after that. I'm just telling you that, you know, you, you go snipping down there. No more goes for Mr. Zim. But I wonder what kind of experience that is. Like, you know, uh, imagine where they simulate the same room and it looks looks the same, but you put on the go and there's like, hey, 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 you. And you're like looking around and like, hey, 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 I'm a tooth fairy, you know, and uh, <laughs> I'm looking for some juicy tooth. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you know, the turnover rate in sperm donor clinics would be oh. really, really increased if they used VR. <laughs> Says the one with experience, right? <laughs> Yeah, Zim, the porn no expert, is actually right in this. This. this it's story. so true, though, because like, think about it, the old magazine trick in like donor clinics. Like, it's like, come on, he's been in there like twenty-five minutes. Guy, go kick the guy out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days. So yeah, like, it's super interesting to see where this kind of uh, technology goes. But I think it's a great first step, uh, especially yeah, for kids yeah. that hate injections. Every kid hates injections. We all do. So, yeah, I thought it was a really cool bit of news. Um, next cool bit of news this week is uh, if you're a kid of the '80s you'll have probably have fond memories of a movie called The Princess Bride. You know, I, I had it on VHS and I watched it like a million times as a kid. But like the really cool thing that happened this week is a group of people in Rec Room actually got together. They're called the Orange Bucket Acting Troupe and they reenacted the whole movie as a stage show in Rec Room split into four different acts. Um, if you missed it, you didn't weren't able to watch it live. You can watch the whole production, which is available on PSVR Frank's YouTube channel. He managed to capture the whole the whole thing, so you can rewatch it if you want. Um, but they had a cast from all over the world get together to put on this show live for people in Rec Room, and I just thought it was just such a cool little snippet of the VR community doing something really awesome and creative. You know, I love it when things like this happen. You know, we've seen it recently with like the wave with like Imogen Heap, like that was a really cool event. Yeah, we've seen cool. like people, uh, you know, make shrek in beat saber like the whole movie in beat saber you can play that now stuff what? like this you know I, I i yeah you can you can play the whole trek movie in beat oh, saber no. Um, no. and this kind of thing as well it just it's just really cool how creative people are out there you know and, and getting together and doing something awesome in vr so i yeah. thought i'd share that one yeah also like is i i talked to the developers from uh from rec room at oc5 as well and they were even saying that at the moment uh, their community rooms, since they opened that up to like the community, are actually getting more popular than their actual rooms. And that's a very, very good sign because that means that the community is putting so much time and effort into making these kind of rooms that they're actually just even better than the rooms that were already available. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's a very, very good sign for virtual reality as well. There are people outside of the developer community that were actually or players and who are playing the games are willing to invest mm-hmm. their time and their effort into yeah. a game like this, I think yeah. that's a great sign for virtual reality. I mean, that's that's what also happened to VR chat. You know, like most of the rooms people hang out in has been made by someone. Mm-hmm. If you want to try a fun room, uh, there is one uh, that is Jurassic Park themed, and you get chased by dinosaurs in a forest together with your friends. Wow, that sounds amazing. I know. And what was the one that we saw the other day that was like a dead space? Rep- they replicated dead space yeah. in, in VR chat as well. That looked really cool. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. 
Um, they've they, yeah, they've also been doing stuff like that. Basic in the, game design. I'm sorry, right. what'd you say? I'm just saying, so you're basically giving people tools with that interactivity to allow them to design games or basic yeah. game experiences. So, you know, essentially starting off with that toolkit, that's great, especially if you're, you know, in your teens and you got buckets of time, mm. where better to kind of craft your skills. Buckets of time. And just, just need like rec room to come to the quest now and. Well, the floodgates will really oh, open, gosh, I think. Yeah, it probably yeah. will. I'd yeah, say it'll work. work. It makes sense yeah. to do it as well, no? Yeah. I would be surprised if they don't try. Um, I'd be really surprised. Um, but let's move on to the final bit of quick news this week, and that is uh, Dr. Disrespect. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this guy, but if you're into video games and, and live streaming, you'll likely have heard of this dude called Dr. Disrespect. He's an iconic Twitch streamer. Uh, he wears like retro sunglasses, long black hair, and a... Beautiful mustache. <laughs> uh, he normally plays PUBG and Fortnite, um, but recently he's teased about coming to VR and, and doing some VR stuff, right? Zim, you, you're sort of more engrossed in this world. Maybe you can tell us more about it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've only heard the, the highlights myself, but um, Dr. Disrespect such a fucking huge dude. I mean, with all the tumultion between all the, the games he's played and kind of his character live, and and then recently people were shooting at his house and, you know, what stuff with his wife, all this. Like, he's always in the headlines in, in, in Twitch world. And then, yeah, this week we heard uh, he's interested in, in getting a VR racing setup going, and you think he's, he's going to drop, like, 20 grand or something to build, like, the best, like, VR racing setup and stream it. Like, I'd love to see someone do that. I, I've been doing loads of uh, kind of VR racing over the last year, so, um, you know, I think he I think he should do it. I think a lot of people should do it, but um, there is definitely a price barrier with the equipment. It doesn't have to be 20K. <laughs> but there's still, if you're talking a couple hundred for something that you're not really sure of. I mean, when I got into it, I had to sit there and, and kind of like wait and think about maybe getting the wheel um, for about a year. Actually, well, before kind of actually, actually, Zim, we got uh, Kimberly saying in the chat, isn't that just Zim with a black wig? <laughs> <laughs> you never you see them both in the to same explain room now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, th I think it's awesome. You know, especially like bigger YouTubers, bigger streamers. You know, showing off VR. You know, it it helps the industry, and the more people that are getting into VR and sharing it, the better. I think, in my opinion, you know, we're all sort of happy for people like that to get yeah. involved. Especially if they drop like twenty k on a setup. My days. Yeah. Like he's yeah. not just doing it out of nowhere. He must see like like true potential and what VR yeah. can do. So yeah, I'm I'm very curious. It could be that like a lot of his audience maybe have never really even been exposed to VR before, so this could be great. I uh, wonder if he absolutely. if he would be interested in playing like Pavlov or Onward too, since he's kind of in that. Uh, did he ever mm. try it? I I wonder. Um, mm. There's be been there's been a few kind of high level streamers who have dipped into VR, but they tend to be the ones who are more fringe. I'm trying to remember the name of the lady. Um, oh my god, it's Firefox. She mm. uh, she and her partner at the time had done a few things like an alt space and stuff like that. But they're they're really only the bigger ones have only dabbled in it or like done a basic thing in a vibe that was gifted to them and then moved on. You know, so yeah. a lot of it I think has been kind of here's the carrot and the gerbil's gone for the carrot. Um, but it'd be good. It's good to see this. Uh, I don't know if someone's behind it. I don't know if, if there's a, a company that's kind of baiting him towards it. Uh, if there is great, because I think, again, when you see your favorite broadcaster trying something out and having a great time and he brings his character into that, like, I can't wait to see the result of that. And no doubt it'll bring, you know, tens of thousands of people, if not more yeah. into, into the VR scene, or at least interested. Yeah. And that's all you need. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, definitely. I'm, I'm interested in, in checking out some of his VR streams for sure. Um, so let's talk about some uh, releases that are coming next week. We've got a couple of titles for you to check out. Uh, first up is Evasion. It's going to be available on Rift, Vive, and PSVR, and it's coming out on the 9th, so next Tuesday. Uh, in Evasion, you can get to experience the next generation of VR combat in this intense sci-fi bullet hell shooter. Uh, so bullet hell is a bit like uh, Blasters of the Universe, if you've ever heard of that game, um, whereas you basically have to dodge the bullets in real time. So you have to physically move around whilst dishing out some bullets of your own. And the cool thing about Evasion is you can do this solo or team up with friends uh, and fight this enemy, which are called the Optera. Um, so you can like run, dodge, unleash devastating surge attacks and fight your way through an action-packed story campaign together or solo, which is really cool. Um, the other cool thing is that they've actually got classes of characters. So, you know, four different classes, you get to choose one. So as a, an, a, an effective team to work together, I guess you're going to have to have like one or two of, you know, each of those classes. Uh, so that's kind of really interesting as well. And from what I've heard, really positive things about this from people that have tried it at events. Um, so I'm really looking forward yeah. to checking this one out, I especially co-op play. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah. But it's a bit. It's been a very long time ago where they were still in like testing. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting, and you can, you know, you have that, that Overwatch feeling where you can work together and combine mm. powers in, in in a way. Also, fun is that this developer made a title called Waddle Home. It's like a super cute ass puzzle game. Okay. Just look what, it up. What Waddle, Waddle Home. Arcade uh, is is great. I really like their stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, Waddle I know. Home, I've not heard of. Waddle Home, yeah, look it up. It's 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 a funny game. I mean, to me, this 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 thing on the trailer and all that, it just shouts. I've spent the last two years in space, pirate trainer. So have my buddies. We need a game together. Mm, yeah, essentially that. Yeah, essentially that. You know, that's a good uh, a, a good comparison there. Totally. Uh, but it's awesome that it's coming across all the three platforms. I don't know if it's going to be cross platform play between the three platforms, uh, yeah. but at least it's uh, sort of getting a release on all of them, which is kind of cool. So that one, that's one to check out on Tuesday the ninth. Also coming out on the same day is another interesting one, and uh, I'm going to be mentioning Blasters of the Universe again <laughs> uh, because it's actually from the same developers as that game. Uh, they also have an upcoming puzzle game called Transpose, which we talked about on the show previously. Oh. Uh, but secret location of the developers, and they've created a cinematic VR experience based on a short sci-fi story by Philip K. Dick, and uh, it's called The Great Sea. And it's basically set in the aftermath of uh, an apocalyptic event where humanity are ruled by an all-powerful supercomputer called The Great Sea. Now, every year, the village kind of gets together and they uh, force a young person on a pilgrimage to appease the mysterious uh, machine, and these people normally go on this adventure and they never come back. Um, and the Great Sea follows uh, a young girl called Claire who finds herself in a right old mess because her husband gets sent away on this pilgrimage and she doesn't know what to do, whether she should sort of like, you know, accept the rules of this harsh society or fight against the oppressive powers and, <laughs> and, and go on this adventure. The whole time I'm, I'm listening to this, I'm just thinking it's, it's called the OC as in the Oculus Connect. And I'm just filling in the blanks. Yeah. As you're telling me. So keep going, Mike. This is yeah. a great story. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's more of a, an experience than it is a game, but it's like a 30-minute long experience. Uh, it, it's eight, rated 18, so it's for adults, which mm. is kind of cool. Uh, it's got some some violence in it, apparently, so I'm quite looking forward to that. Sounds really interesting. It's also coming out really on Rift. Good. Yeah, Rift Definitely. Vive and PSVR again on Tuesday. So. so is this just one you watch from a distance? 
Yeah, so you, you put it... v, you get in VR and you just kind of experience yeah. it and watch it. You, there's no interactivity okay. there, but it was also at the Venice uh, Film Festival that did pretty well there as well. So I've been saying it already for a couple of weeks that I think that VR is like a great storytelling medium as well. Like beyond mm-hmm. like you know the games you you know we all of the games that we all play, but still I think there's so much stuff that you can do with like virtual reality as a storytelling medium, and I think that that this is one of those kind of experiences that they they might go that route. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that they went from from Blasters of the Universe that I didn't yeah. think was a super crazy fun game um, to this, where this is like a total different ball game. So I, I I'm super interested uh, mm. of, of what this is and how good it is, and where they also put the viewer, of course, and how you know how, you know how they play around with the cinematic stuff in VR. Doesn't yeah. seem too dissimilar to Fated, actually. I don't know how yeah. many people played that, but it, it, yeah. it gives me a real Fated look. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. too happy with the way Fated played out, but <laughs> I, something in that mechani- in that viewing mechanism, I'm totally open for. I yeah. like Fated. I actually, I actually enjoyed. Yeah, we it. disagreed I, I on that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you did. How long did it take you to finish? Like. 50 hours? <laughs> no, it's it's like long. a very slow game. It's like an hour. Yeah, the, the, like walking, the, walking is, like the walking is slow, but all the rest is actually fairly fast-paced yeah. because you have like places you go down a river, you have the car ride that you do, like which is oh, fairly yeah, yeah. fast I like, as well. I like the car ride. So, yeah. yeah, the car ride is no, really right. cool. You're right. It's, 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 it's like a great... No, no, no. Like, I, I agree with Rowdy. It's a great experience. It's just that it was so slow that it just it yeah. just killed the whole thing for me. I don't know. <laughs> Like they, that's just a patch thing, people. You can just speed up the character, and it's done. <laughs> then it's nice. I don't know. Did they ever change it? Did they ever patch uh, it? Didn't go back. We to even it. made they, it. They made finish. it. There should be still be like a faded two because the story yeah, is who, like it's open ended. Yeah, but who made it? I don't even I know the like developer. It, it kind of felt like episode one. It really yeah. felt like a single episode in like a five part campaign, and it mm. you know it needed more. And I think that's yeah. part of my disappointment with it. What was we waited a while for it? It then dropped, and then it was like okay, it was a bit clunky. Like the characters were clunky in the way they interacted with you. Uh, the the pace of the game I thought was mismatched. But what mm. it was trying to do, and this mm. I played it before playing Skyrim, like that introduction felt really solid. Was it like Microsoft mm. Studios or something? That did it because it kind of no, feels a little bit like Fable. Probably yeah, yeah. that's how it felt. It felt like Fable. I it's, uh, it's from Frima uh, Frima Studio, and oh, they yeah, published it on themselves. Oh. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. So there you have it, like the Great Sea. Like I say, coming out on Tuesday. It's rated eighteen. That was the thing that was really interesting to me because it looks like we're going to get like a proper adult story, you know, like we saw. Uh, I, th- I thought some... that Mike was like hoping to see boobs or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But like what we've seen recently, you know, like with like to make a comparison, like Venom, for example, you know, they watered down the movie and now it's being panned because they took out all the the cool bits of the movie. And I think you know this sounds like it's going to get like some some cool bits to pull at the heartstrings oh, and also show us. Let's not start dissing on Venom yet. Like I haven't seen it yet. Like. Like, I mean, I oh, still want to judge for myself if the movie is any good or bad. J- yeah. Just making a making a comparison. That was the same time when they said the last Star Wars was bad. I was like, well, this is this is good shit. So, <laughs> the, so like, same science that we're saying that Hereditary was a good movie. No, <laughs> <laughs> I heard that last like Tommy Wiseau movie was great too. Rowdy. <laughs> This is not a film podcast. Fucking yeah. moving on, Mike. Come on, let's go. <laughs> let's talk about something that we know. Oh, hi, Dougie. <laughs> we know is good. And that is uh, Astrobot, 
rescue mission on PSVR. We know, we know it's good. Everyone's going crazy about this game right now. Yeah, Everyone in VR is talking about Astrobot. Uh, it came out on Wednesday, the 3rd of October, and is a PSVR exclusive. Mm-hmm. And every gaming publication is singing its praises. Even non-VR gaming publications are sort of tipping their hats to this little Astrobot. And many are saying it's like the best VR title ever so far across all I, I always find those kind of things like a little bit dangerous because like what well, once like like websites come out with these kind of reviews it's sometimes hard to like find like or to make like a bad review about it because i'm i'm not a huge fan of like you know platformer titles in general so i haven't yeah. tried this one yet i'm planning to do it still this weekend uh but yeah i don't I mean, like, I don't know. Like, what, like what is the? I, I'm I'm waiting for all you guys to like convince me on like why this title is the best title in virtual reality. So, so this is one claim, right? This is one claim. Like, we'll find out from Nate if it's true or not. But basically, this guy is saying that even if Nintendo made a VR Mario game, it wouldn't be as good as Astro Bot. And I was like, holy crap! There's like super bold claim. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe like you could talk about it, Nate, because like we, I, don't, I think you're the only one that's played it out of all of us, right? But then you need yeah. to like Mario games, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, <laughs> you need to like but, Mario games but third party uh, I mean third person platforming games in VR like you know yeah. like Nathie said at the beginning mm-hmm. I really like that genre you know like Super Lucky's Same. Tale I was into that Moss even more so like that is my favourite third person uh, platforming game in VR Kronos I- Edge of Nowhere I mean there's so many um, mm-hmm. and it's such a quality experience because immersion is no is, is not difficult and you'd actually think being away from the character that it might be difficult, but it's the same reason my third person works on, on a flat game because, mm. you know, you can see your character and you can see the effects of the environment on the character. It's like things like Last of Us and that yeah, have played that but way. That's exactly the reason why I think that Moss was such a, a great title because it didn't do that disconnection between you and the character because you were an actual physical character yeah. in the game. Yeah, yeah. You were in not the playing game, a third person with. game. You were interacting that's the same. with the... Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I that, that's a concept that I, mm-hmm. that I really, really like about it. But, I mean, yeah, go ahead, take it away. <laughs> Yep. Well, first of all, I, I didn't hype it up that much. It's not the best VR game ever. I don't know what people say about that. That's a bit too much, I would say. It's just a solid title. Um, and yeah, as you guys said, like it's very important nowadays with platformers that are third person that you also play a role within the story instead of just being some kind of cloud that uh, you know flies around. And uh, Moss did that very well. Also, um, uh, Adventure Time Magic Man's head game was also doing that, where they were talking to you as uh, the tiny the balloon, you know, and really taking you on an adventure. Um, and in this case, uh, something they they did is that uh, instead of where uh, in Moss you look at the like the reflection of yourself in in the water, um, they have television screens everywhere, so you see you and you can just wave at yourself and do fun stuff. Um, so they, they interact with you in many ways and also show you who you are. Um, and um, there is just one thing that I did not like about this title, um, and that is the um, the camera. So in Moss, you uh, follow uh, Quill and the camera just goes, uh, you know, through the forest itself and it just follows the character with you. Um, and in... Um, Astrobot, they decided to go for a concept where uh, sometimes the camera moves with the 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 the, the little mm. robot guy, and then sometimes it stops, and it, then you need to like look around corners to see where you go next. And it sounds fun, but it's it just plays a little clumsy where you're sometimes like, oh oh, there's a wall, so let me uh, uh, oh yeah okay, 
Um, so that that's the actual experience I had. And it's a very arcadey camera where if the, the character moves just a little bit, it's like like that. So the camera just goes instantly uh, with with the camera uh, with the with the character. So the camera is is not very smooth. It's super arcadey, um, but the overall gameplay is uh, is is fun. It's it's so cute. The characters are constantly looking at you, waving and and doing fun stuff. And yeah, you are you are a part of the story um, where you just you know fly with with the little little robot guys. And and the mission in in Astrobot uh, is that you have to save. Uh, all kinds of little robots and you can find them throughout the level and every level has a different team um you go into a forest you go into a cave stuff like that and every level has its own enemies and and and, and traps and things mm-hmm. like that and it's a 360 um platformer now i don't know why they uh, advertise it in that sense too because as you guys may know uh it's a the, the place is vr is front facing yes. so i did have issues where I had to turn around and also with my controller, but then my controller was going all over the place. Um, so that didn't work that well. And you can't, as far as I know, turn around with your um, with your thumbstick. You mm-hmm. can't do that. Right. So you really need to do it physically. Um, but yeah, it's a it's 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 a it's a cute cute game. Yeah. The the thing the thing that I often have with I mean I played like for example Mario Odyssey and I know that uh, that Mike did as well I don't know if you guys actually played that game because that's that's the kind of feeling that I'm getting from from Astrobot that's like it's like a Mario Odyssey kind of thing but then in virtual reality and I really like that game but it's like I only play this game when I have like you know like I have nothing else to do and I just want to relax I played on my Switch and you know like I'm sitting in a bed or I'm traveling somewhere that is when I boot that game up. What I like in virtual reality is a game that draws me in and that like I go like, you know, oh, I can't wait to like play this again. And I don't really know if I'm if I'm going to have this kind of feeling with with a platformer title. One question, because I'm going to put my rowdy hat on for a second and I'm going to ask Nathie a, a rowdy question. The rowdy question is <laughs> the controller, uh, given it's not a touch controller, not using the move controllers or an aim controller. My God, how would that work? Is that a problem? As the controller, did you find it, it integrated well, or were there were yeah, no, you wishing no, like for something else? It, it has been integrated like in such a next level. I haven't seen that before. It it it's so cool. They constantly play with with your controller. So in the intro, your controller transforms into a sci-fi one, and you can like look inside your controller, and all the buttons start to like go out, and it it like uh, blows off steam and things like that. So it really comes to life. And um, as I said uh, before, you need to um, collect like little robots, and these robots they fly into your controller. And but sometimes isn't that... that part based on like the the PlayStation kind of concept with the with the with the DS controller? Because I remember when I saw like the first thing, they had like some kind of AR kind of thing where you could like flick the robots out and like mm-hmm. yes, you can, yeah, you can use and... your. So they have like a touchpad on the top of the controller, right, of the PlayStation, and you can catapult your uh, little robot guys away. And yeah. the thing is, like, I've never seen uh, any PlayStation VR game use the the controller in 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 this way. But yeah, the, the original demo did that. The original are those the, exactly the same bots then as well? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's yes. that's pretty cool. Rowdy <laughs> saw. Yeah, but um, um, yeah, the controller has has many many features, and uh, it also plays with you. You need to sometimes head bump a wall, and then, like, yeah, you need, like there are like signs that say like, okay, you need to head bump this. So you're like, okay, yeah, 
like that and then you <laughs> open up like an entire new uh, uh new room but the fact that they just play with that immersion of hey i hold this controller like they did in that static game yeah. and yeah. i just yeah. feel like it's there and then when that a touchpad just opens and there's like a little robot like waving at you like hey i'm inside your controller you really start to believe there is like like something going on <laughs> within your controller yeah. great what, what, great cross-reference yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, great cross-reference with Static, because Static is probably one of the only PSVR titles that I felt really, aside from Moss maybe, really awakened the gamepad. In other words, it's like, yeah. I can feel that I'm using the gamepad, it's also a game element. So thanks for answering the question. It, it actually sounds yeah. quite exciting. It, it yeah, actually but, shows yeah, like I said, that like, this kind of title, like, you know, that... There's so much that can still be done that is innovating with the current exactly. VR headsets. It's unbelievable. Like, because like, that's something we, we've been saying for the past couple of years, almost like, yeah. like that. You know, there's so much stuff that you can do with the current gen headsets that have, hasn't been done yet, yes. or like stuff that we're yes. still discovering. That makes yeah. this like a really cool concept. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Mm. Like no game had used the, the gamepad in, in this way before. And it's tracked. So you can do so many things with it. And on PC, we have the same thing. You know, the lab is out there for developers to explore. We have first contact. We have all use it in your advantage. And and, and still, it, it's, it's funny that it took two years for someone to, hey, let's do something with the controller. Um, but hopefully this will be an inspiration for others to also work with that. But this, this, this was one of those moments again where I'm like, okay, this is why I want a PlayStation VR. This is why I want to play on this console and not on PC because PC doesn't have this magic like that. I, I, I was like, I wish there was a tracked controller for PC. This kind of stuff really uh, brings it to the to the next uh, next level. I would say, yeah, yeah. So you guys looking forward to, to checking this one out as well? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I've am I'm been trying, but again, as I said, never go on holiday or your equipment hates you. I've been having <laughs> issues with my PSVR box. Uh, not the box for the PS4, but I mean the machine I use to stream. So yeah. right, never right. will I go on holiday yeah. again, but... And Rowdy, are you looking forward to checking this one out as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to checking it out. I'm, I'm just wondering if this is the kind of title that I want to finish, like like I did with Moss. Like I really like I was itching to get back into it to see and like the story unfolded. So I'm wondering yeah. if I'm gonna have that kind of feeling yeah. as well, or I'm gonna be like you know the first hour I play and go like oh yeah that's that's a cool concept and then put it aside and don't yeah this game like like uh astrobot uh isn't really relying that heavily on the story i mean Moss's story is way like yeah, let's say be, deep it could be different like if, if the levels are so interesting or like you know the 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 kind of like mechanics that they're using are so interesting that yeah. they keep on innovating yeah. every level like mario odyssey i mean mario odyssey the story is like i think every mario story is pretty much the same but it's like, you know, the level design and like the way that, you know, you go about and the mechanics that makes it more interesting, at least for me. And that critical and cool first thing. rowdy hour. If you don't catch him in the first hour, he's out of here. He's gone. So the cool thing is that if you like the look of Moss and Astrobot and you don't have a PSVR, well, you don't have to choose because Sony are actually bringing out a bundle of them both. So you can get this like bundle has has Moss in it and Astrobot. So you get to play oh. with Quill and this awesome oh. little robot so smart. Uh, together. Really smart so, bundle. That's very awesome. smart. Yeah. PC yeah. companies, I'm... please look at what Sony is doing and learn <laughs> once again. Yeah. Oh. They're doing some amazing things for sure. But I'm 
totally hyped about this game. Like I say, I love third-person platformers, so I'm definitely going to get my hands on it this week. And uh, hopefully I'll talk about it more maybe next week and what my impressions were. But let's move on to some kit that I did get my hands on this week, and that is the Vive Wireless Adapter. Because three of us three of us have it, right? Nathy, Rowdy, and me. Um, we all got it this week. Uh, there were sort of here when we arrived back from OC5. I was really eager to get it, get into it, how easy it was to be set up because, you know, I've been using the TP cast now with the, the Rift for maybe five months now, and I just wouldn't go back. I wouldn't go back to a wired Rift headset. So I was really intrigued about how this would perform at home because I experienced it at Gamescom, and obviously that's kind of a controlled environment. Um, but yeah, to see how it was set up at home was really intriguing to me. So I ripped it out of the box and got it set up straight away. But before I jump into my impressions of the setup, uh, because I've kind of gone through this with the TP cast before and kind of knew kind of what to expect, I'm intrigued to see what your guys' uh, impressions of the setup was. Uh, for me, it was it was that simple. Like uh, I, I actually recorded as well. I put a video up on uh, on, on IGTV, um, and I recorded my entire time from like uh, unpacking it up to like my first like boot up of the of the wireless adapter. Uh, it, it took me in total, I think, 15 minutes, and that was including uh, wow. inserting the card in the PCIe slot. So it was. Uh, really really flawless oh. for me i had like no i know i, I see nate already looking well that was not the case yeah, for me. did you do a, did you do a, did you do a <laughs> speed run or something like, yeah, yeah like he, he is the fastest youtuber alive course, like, role, maybe, I'm not, maybe i'm not like a very good reference then 15 minutes he's literally doing this you just seem yeah, to like ripple well, the door it was a bit of a of a of a rowdy unboxing i i literally like tore everything out like laid everything on the table going that needs to go in there didn't look at the manual at first uh, just inserted everything. <laughs> then I had to go and look up the manual because I couldn't find it anymore. I looked up the manual online and then I, I went to the step. I didn't realize I had to download an app as well. Uh, that was like something yeah. new for me, uh, like downloading an app to go wireless. So I did that and then went like, like the, the first second that I pressed that button was detected already. So instant. Nice. What about you then, Nathan? Yeah, so uh, it took me, first of all, like maybe 30 minutes to just, you yeah. know, do the casual stuff. And um, the moment I had everything set up, uh, for some reason, I didn't want to pair. I don't know how or why. Um, and then I just did some power stuff. I just pretty much rebooted my PC in, in simple terms. And um, that fixed it. But it took me okay. about an hour. Uh, but I was also not in a hurry. <laughs> just like, oh, let me unbox this. Plus, I was cleaning my room. Like, I came back from Connect. It was a complete mess, like complete mess. I got this Vive wireless adapter. I also got like a new Bioshock statue that I pre-ordered like two years ago that had to arrive at the same moment. Wow. Um, so I was just unpacking shit and then I was working on my Vive wireless adapter and the next moment I was doing something else. Um, but yeah, overall, it's it's um, it's super easy to set up. Um, yeah. the, the only thing I do think they should change on the setup side is that they have a manual inside the box. That that oh. one is fine. Uh, they also have one on the internet, correct? <laughs> but they, right. they strange, strangely enough, I had the manual on my uh, monitor, and I also had the the same one on my phone. But funny enough, the one on your phone is different than the one on your monitor, and it doesn't it doesn't match. So I told them about it, and they confirmed that it was different. I don't know why. But for some reason, it's very confusing to follow the one on the phone. So if you want to have a pretty straightforward like like guide, then use the one on PC for now, I would say. Because they have like um, moving 
uh, GIFs, you know, of like how right. uh, things uh, get set up. And that's that's really handy. Cool. So it was relatively simple for both of you. And I had the same experience. It took me about 30 minutes, but I was filming the whole thing at the same time. So, uh, you know, that probably can, can make it sort of last a little bit longer. But what I was pleased about was that after I got it set up, that was it. I never had to touch it again. Like once I set up the TP cast for the first time, which took about the same amount of time, about 30 minutes, then it was like hours and hours and hours of troubleshooting and like changing the firmware up, you know, downloading like open TP cast and basically hacking the device to get it. I would have thrown this thing out of the window before I got yeah. through actually play with it. But that's just not the case with the, the Vive wireless step. It works out of the box. Once you got up and running, you don't have to fiddle with any settings. You just basically... Yes open up the app, it pairs with the headset, and then you're up and running, and basically you open Steam VR and most, play game. Most importantly, field of view is exactly the same. Yeah, absolutely. There's no difference. It's a really good point, because with the TPCast, not so much on the Vive, I don't think, from what I've heard, but definitely with the Rift, they crop the field of view ever so slightly on the edges. Um, so that is a bit of a problem, whereas that is not the case with the Vive. And it's amazing that with the Vive Pro, it's pushing that fidelity, uh, you know, graphical fidelity over that sort of connection. It's impressive. It's seriously impressive. And I don't know about you guys, have you um, lost connection or had a degraded connection at any time during your play uh, sessions? Yes, because uh, I tried uh, to like occlude the sensor. So I put my two hands like on my horns, like, like this. Yep. And then I lost it. Like, it was gone. So I love that. I, I, I put my hands on my horns. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, put, I put my hands on my horns. Like this. Yeah. Wait, I'll, I'll do it again. For the yeah. audio listeners, yeah. well, you should come and watch us live. <laughs> okay. So, okay. And, and when you did that, what was the, what was the uh, effect in the headset? Uh, it just, like, switches off. Like, you know, just like... Okay. Uh, well, I mean, not the headset doesn't switch off, but, like, the screen goes, like, gray or black okay. or something. And then yeah. as soon as I take my hands away, like, it's... Interesting. Goes back again. Also, if I because my room is a lot smaller and my senses are much like closer together now, if there are like certain spaces here where I won't get tracked with controllers yeah, because it's mm -hmm. it's not an ideal setup. So if I move into those with like one of them, then I can see like that the connection starts to like get a little bit more like quickly like you know it doesn't get as proper as, as usual artifact yes yeah. yeah. exactly yeah like that's that's what i found so when i was dipping out uh, of like a weak signal area it became a little bit pixelated but it only happened maybe for like a second and then mm. it was back up and running again and it only happened yeah. twice during my whole playthrough yeah. so but it, it wasn't like I, bad. I, I i had the same where it became a little pixelated um mm -hmm. uh, but the frame rate and everything was just still running yeah. super solid so you don't really uh you know feel or see it um, I had like one frame drop when I tested it for the first time in the lab. I played it for like two hours, but uh, yeah, it, you know, I'm so impressed. I'm so impressed. Like two years ago, I got my Vive. I played the lab as one of my first experiences. Uh, my my mind was blowing. I can tell you that. Um, and and now two years later, we have wireless. Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. Flies. I, it's, yeah. it's amazing that that uh, all that that computer power just goes through the air into this wireless adapter. Uh, I know that sounds like I'm telling it in a very simple way, but that's yeah. that's, that's so cool. Yeah, it so is. Cool. In terms of like uh, playtime, like how long did you find your playtime was lasting with the single battery? Because you only get one battery with this pack, right? I, I haven't done a full playtime with it. Okay. Yet. Same here. I'm not, okay, I'm so not, I, you're not, like, it's also kind of risky to do that, right? You don't want to play a game like, oh, hey, power is out. Would it warn you? Would it warn you? No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't warn you. No, oh, it doesn't. Oh. No, it's the same with the TP car. So when you run out of juice, that's it. The headset just goes black. Mm. And uh, I found that I got about two and a half hours playtime before two that happens. Half. That's yeah, and, good, it, 
and then it takes about six hours to charge it back up again fully so mm. if, if you're really keen on like doing long play sessions you definitely want to have a second battery but yeah. they cost 60 bucks yeah, for a second I've battery I've actually because I've been like tweeting about like those batteries as well uh, I've seen people like tweeting me that you can actually get pretty much the same one just not with the HSC brand on it but like from a from another brand because I'm, I'm yep. pretty sure that HSC just puts their brand on there from like a, a third yep. party and they're like $20 Exactly. Like you can, you can use a third party battery if it has quick charge 3.0 capability, but I have two battery banks here that I use with the TP cast and both of which aren't compatible with the Vive. So just be aware of that. I I, I did see some people doing some research now on, on batteries. Like I, 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 I would love to have like maybe a bigger battery and then with like a 3d printed, like a case around it that I could use. I, I have no problems with that, where yeah. it's like a little bigger and it gives me maybe mm-hmm. four or five hours. I, mm-hmm. I would totally wear that. And I think a lot of people will. But just so um, people know, these exact batteries with the same size that would fit in this kind of slot, you can find them on Amazon, in, oh. in I believe in the UK and in uh, the US and also in Canada. Not in, uh, not in that but, remote uh, place that I live that is called Europe. But yeah. Let me let me light the fire a bit here. Let me just uh, you know start off um, for the same price of a Vive wireless adapter. You could also buy an Oculus Quest. Yes. And now there is one thing. Okay, if you already own a Vive, this is an upgrade, and this yeah. is this is also what it is. It's more like an additional upgrade to the people who already own a uh, Vive or Vive Pro. It's not saying like, hey, listen. We have wireless now. You should buy a Vive. Like that's not the yeah. marketing strategy, but just in your like you know tiny tiny minds, uh, that's that's what you could also do. Yeah, it's you, just you funny jump- that for the same price now. Yeah, uh, things start to change so quickly in terms of hardware and what the capabilities are, etc. Of course, PC is still a different uh, ball game than uh, yeah. what the Quest is offering, but you know we're getting closer. And we're going to be talking about the quest in a bit. Like you jumped the gun a little bit because that was like okay. part of well, the, sorry, the, the Mike. Sorry the quest. Sorry to ruin yeah. your, your podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Get out. Get out. Sure. Um, but what I would say is like if you're interested in a wireless VR solution, you know, if you've got a Vive or a Vive Pro, it, this is the only option really. You know, I wouldn't recommend the TP Cast if you've got a Vive. If you've got a Rift, then the TP Cast is your only option still. Mm. I did actually test it on the TP Cast to see if it will work. It just doesn't work, unfortunately. <laughs> it does power the headset, but the HDMI pass through just doesn't register so maybe there'll be a tweak one day for it to work and then this will be maybe the the best wireless solution for the rift as well but for now it's just for the vive what do you mean Um, by that you tried it on the tp cast the tp cast as a kind of an intermediary connector no, no, sorry. So I used the cables provided with the TP cast that are connected, obviously, to the Rift, and I plugged those into the Vive wireless adapter with my Rift. So that was my plan, to use the same module on my Rift, but that doesn't work, okay. um, unfortunately. Like, is it totally impossible, or will there be some smart person that can maybe do that, yeah. that hardware or like software-wise? And Some smart it. person out there will probably figure it out, but I'm not nice. that guy. The so. thing <laughs> is that uh, that smart person is not going to be him. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, yeah. um, it's funny, it's not though, plug and play, I'm not interested. Yeah, it's it's funny though that when the Vive wireless adapter uh, uh, released, um, TPCast was doing a big discount on their stuff. <laughs> yeah, because they think. just know they know. Um, but the thing is, you know, the the TPCast, as as Mike said, like it it worked, you know, and it wasn't bad at all. It's just 
the the how long does it take to set up how easy is it like is it consumer ready and with this five wireless adapter we can now say like hey uh, 15 minutes 30 minutes maybe an hour that's fine you know yeah. there's not much you can really do wrong in in that sense mm. um and and that's that's i had a question too like because i i mean i only mess around with it a, a couple of times how do you turn this battery off yeah, that's a good you point. can't. So basically, you have to disconnect the headset, and then it no, just auto powers off. I just find that like a strange yeah, thing. Like, why can't I turn battery off? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing because you you would think that pushing and holding the battery would turn it off, but that's it doesn't. Do. Yeah, it doesn't do that. So you need um, to pull out like the, the the USB all the time. Is that yeah, good yeah. for the for a device to just cut the power so quickly? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Wait, I mean, you don't. Yeah, I don't think that. Well, with a Vipro, you get VIP service anyway. But you can you can hot swap batteries in between mid game sessions, so it's not a problem. The game will just the game will just freeze on your desktop. You just can swap the batteries over for your headset. Um, But yeah, the 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 one thing I just wanted to touch on before we move on to the quest is that I noticed today a guy on Twitter uh, called called Moik the Squid. (laughs) Moik. And he's been using the Vive wireless adapter on the OG Vive, and he posted a picture of where it's actually burnt the top of his head. What? Uh, yeah, oh, like no. yeah, yeah, yeah. You've not seen this. This is yeah. this is nasty. He's, we... he's like a, a follically challenged bloke like myself, and uh, he posted <laughs> oh, a picture of like a red patch on his head where it's actually burnt his head. And Wait, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, sure. Find it. Is it yeah, safe? Sure. Yeah, so if you search on Twitter, uh, Moik, uh, M-O-I-K-E, underscore, oh, you found it. Yeah, so like I, I, I asked him a few questions and he hasn't got back to me yet because I was intrigued because with the a kit comes a pad that you have to put underneath the adapter yeah. with both the OG Vive and with the, the Vive Pro, it's a huge one. Like it's a huge pad that you put on the back of your head. Yeah. And I was wondering if he had used that or not because that pad really sort of prevents any contact with the adapter to your actual scalp so i wonder if he just completely bypassed that and just put it on the strap and then maybe it got so hot that it burnt his head but i still don't re- really know if that happened or not so wait, wait, wait. Tra- so, so, no. so bald i thought bald people have telepathy with other bald people no I thought well, you were just able you'd to... be watching the X-Men, right? You know, like with uh, yeah. Professor Xavier. Well, it is, it is actually a thing, but like, you know, now that it's burnt, it's going to block the signal yeah, going out. There, there, like you don't get a, um, like a, a neck cushion, like a, a head uh, cushion uh, with the, the Vive uh, uh, wireless adapter with this, the, the vanilla uh, version. You do, you get a really small one. You do, you get a really small one. But maybe it's, it's too small then. Maybe, maybe. On the other side, maybe I haven't burnt my head with this one yet, so. Yeah, but you come back with, like, singed hair. Man, but it's definitely something oh we need to investigate. God, if somehow. that happened. I feel like there, a guy are, from Home Alone, you know? <laughs> there are yeah. people in the chat that are wondering why he did not notice it, uh, burning him. But uh, I have that same kind of problem. Like, if something is, like, gradually hurting me, then you tend to, like, not realize it up until, like, the point that, uh, you yeah. know, it's already too late. I have that often with, like, when I'm doing stuff with my... Because I recently cut myself as well somewhere, and, you know, didn't realize it up until, like, I found, like, blood all over my hand. I was like, when, when did that happen? But yeah. it, that's a, a very regular thing that you don't notice it before, like, it actually is too late. But it's a good question because I saw that you posted it against him as well, uh, for him as well, like, if he actually used the pad. Because it's mm. just from the from the thing heating up, like, it's, not, it's nothing else of course that is that is causing yeah. it. it must be the the little plate under there because it's almost the same shape as well like uh, if you see it on his on his head on the back of his head yeah 
Like yeah. it's exactly that like contact point. So yeah, so he, was, he was using the original Vive though, so not the Vive Pro. That's right. And I, th I saw he was using the DAS as well, like the uh, deluxe audio strap uh, in a previous mm -hmm. video he made. Um, but he was saying the reason why he didn't notice it straight away was actually that he's had lots of surgical operations in the past and there's a reason why he doesn't uh -huh. feel pain instantly. So there that, is a reason for that. Could that mean he's that a Bond this... villain. Yeah. Could it be that this small pad is just not filtering enough or it's not thick enough to do that? Who knows? Um, uh, we'll because like, out, I th these things are only really just being shipped now. Like we got them fairly early in comparison to a lot of consumers out there. So I'm sure but, if it becomes a problem, it it will be widely reported about. But if he's using the original Vive, he has been using the pad because the, it comes standard on it, right? Because right. it's only with the Vive Pro that you need to take it off and put in another one on it. So right. unless he would like actually remove the pad physically, like use the screws to unscrew, but that, that would yeah. make, and how, that wouldn't how, make like, any how, sense. Also, how hot can this thing become? And does it also like turn itself off after a while? Because if mm. people start to use other batteries now that work for like five, well, six hours, great point. then I don't know what's going to happen. Like maybe yeah. the whole thing sets fire and, and we're, I mean, for my video, that's kind of fun, by the way. Mm. But, but that's why I wouldn't recommend like using third-party <laughs> batteries because you know you just never know. That is true. But this I is kind of like this makes me like I like the the, the device, but this is kind of yeah. scary, honestly. Yeah, but the same output, yeah. it doesn't really matter though. Go on, just Tim. just for my corner of this, because I'm gonna repeat a, a statement that I've mentioned in the past. Um, so you guys seem to have mutually enjoyed the product. You think it's consumer ready? Price point is. Uh, worth it if you're if you've got a vibe you're a hardcore vibe owner and you want to kind of play games wirelessly for a couple of hours obviously there's going to be an angry onward player someday drop out in the wrong in the wrong moment and just rip the stuff off his head and throw it through a window but until that day happens uh the only thing that i wanted to say about this is um having gotten my degree in electronics um the high bandwidth signals that close to your head i'm just yeah. No, no, we're not starting this discussion again. I, I, I'm not discussing it. I just need to put it out there for anyone who nah. is in a similar camp to me, who, you know, because uh, Nathan, Nathan pointed it out, right? Yeah. We can technically do it. Is it safe to technically do it? And we'll find out in time. I don't know if it's brain ready. We won't find out in time. Uh, we will but, never find uh, that out in time. Because the sample it, size will be too small and the amount of time that we have will be too little. To figure out if it can actually induce, because what you're saying is it could ca cause cancer, but we we cannot physically prove. Like from a re as a researcher, we cannot physically prove that something like this will be able to cause cancer. It could increase the risk of cancer, but the increasement of risk of cancer will be so small that it will not be detectable with our current scientific methods. And in the time frame that you and would even care to pick this thing up, that's with a lot of things yeah. like that. With a lot of this, I think that's the same way people living under like haywire are. Uh, like yeah. at risk of increased cancer possibly but i think people out there that are concerned about that would automatically be switched off to that idea anyway yeah. exactly um but we're, we're running out of time a little bit so let's go through the quest specs because nathie touched on it you know this is like a lot of money for the vive pro and and a, a wireless adapter like 1400 pounds maybe and you're getting a comparable experience you know with the quest for 400 pounds and and that's really amazing like although it won't have the graphical fidelity of a lot of the pc vr games you're going to have a comparable experience in terms of feeling and the way you move around your play space which is awesome and and, and i think that's where the quest really shines 
Uh, obviously, you know, we were all there at OC5 together. You know, it's the first time we've ever done a, a podcast live together in real life, which was totally freaking awesome. And, uh, you know, it was great. I definitely want to do more of that again if we end up at a show together. I think a lot of people really enjoyed that that video as well. And I just want to give a quick shout out to Tyriel Wood, who helped us film that episode because he did a, a fantastic job of being our cameraman for that episode of the show. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about... Um, quest specs uh obviously what we know so far you know just to go over it again if you're not familiar with it it's a completely standalone all-in-one headset no pc is required uh you'll likely just need a smartphone to manage your applications through a smart app just like you do with the oculus go right now it's got six degrees of freedom head tracking and two six degrees of freedom uh, touch controllers very similar to the ones that we've got right now on rift but they're a little bit lighter and a smaller thumbstick the headset features four wide-angle cameras using the new Oculus Insight technology for inside-out tracking, which is designed for indoor use only, is what Oculus is saying. However, it will exceed room scale. So the kind of dreams of us going out in a field and going crazy in VR, we're not quite sure if that's going to work or not, but we'll have to wait until we get our hands on it. Uh, the optics from the Go have been carried over to the Quest. So you've got the great optics from the Go because they are really great. Uh, but now you've got adjustable IPD thrown into the mix as well, which is awesome. Great. Mm-hmm. You've got the same 110 degree field of view as Rift and Go on Quest. Uh, however, it's at a slightly higher resolution panel, uh, which is higher than the Go, higher than the Rift, and actually the same resolution as the Vive Pro at 1600 by 1440 pixels per eye. Uh, which is great for a mobile device. Um, and although, like I said before, you won't get the graphical fidelity of a Vive Pro or a Samsung Odyssey, uh, it won't look as detailed in VR, but it's running on that higher resolution, which makes it look crisper and more vibrant because it's using an OLED uh, panel as well. Uh, and that's going to be running at 72 hertz, uh, which is the same re- uh, refresh rate as the Go when it boosts up in some games. We've um, got uh, Eric Hartley saying that it's a 95 degree field of view. It's 95 degree field of view. I don't think so. Eric said in the chat just now, 95 people, there are other people saying it as well. So it is. Also, Uh, the the two controls are six degrees of freedom, right? Yeah, 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 of course, of course. Yeah, I thought you said two. It's not something that I noticed, particularly when we demoed it, that there was a reduced field of view. Definitely not. I believe it. From from my demo, um, I'd believe it if they were saying a slightly restricted. Um, yeah, just from 95. What yeah, I'll look into that after the show it's for not sure. Not a huge difference of gradation if you think about it. Mm. I mean, you're really talking about your periphery. Um, mm. But the package as a whole, right? I mean, you, going through the specs there just reminds me. It, it, it's a great package. I think they've developed, they've engineered a solution uh, and, and cornered this part of the market. Like every other mobile, even standalone or three DOF or six DOF headset, I don't think it stands a chance against this thing. Mm. Um, and the other thing that I would just mention, so that people don't get too crazy and 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 kind of misplace their expectations, like they're they're, they're touting it as a go that's mobile, but it's you're not going to have you know a 1080 or even a 970 driving it. Like the processor that's inside it is going to limit what kind of games can be on there, or there'll be stripped down versions of games to go on there. Yeah, I still think it's going to be great. I, I, don't get me wrong. I think the library and the catalog and what developers bring to it, I'm super excited for, definitely bought into it, you know, haven't played the thing. But I think there is this expectation that's growing out there that's a little bit like Quest is Rift Wireless, you know, and mm. it's not quite at that level. It's more like Go++. Yeah, yeah. Wireless. Yeah, so like... 
you're right. The, the processor that's running this thing is like a Snapdragon 835 processor, which is, you know, a modest processor, but it's a mobile processor. So like, you know, you're not going to be able to push the graphics. But from what we've seen in the talks at OC5 is that they're teaching developers how to make their games more efficient on this mobile platform, you know, with with, with uh, texture mapping and, and baked in lighting effects rather than dynamic stuff. Uh, you can make a good a, a game look really good on this mobile headset. So the games will look good, but they just won't have the fidelity of a, a PC VR game. You know, mm, yeah. um, but the, you know, the, from the quest that we've seen at the show floor, it's a 64 gig internal storage. Although larger capacity models might be available when it comes to launch, um, it's got active cooling internally, which is great to hear. So you know, it doesn't use like the same thermal plate design like the Go does. You know, yeah. to to get rid of the to dissipate the heat, it uses a fan, which is cool. Although you might be able to hear that, which might be a bit annoying, but we certainly didn't notice that on the show floor. Um, no, it's got built-in spatial audio, same as the Go, uh, down the sort of head straps, um, and also uh, the option for two headphone jacks. That's the most curious thing I've seen about the design, why it has two headphone jacks, one on each side. So when the we asked Yeah, the product manager actually mentioned it was for uh, future audio solutions. So some, right. See? It's we, we, I hypothesized about that. Remember, yeah. Mike? Very, very interesting. Very interesting. Um also, it's got it's got like a mixed reality pass through using the sort of insight technology. It's kind of like a white uh, background with yeah. sort of black, sort of cartoon style it's edges. Like a bit the, like the what Caleb said, right? Remember what take you said? on me video? Yeah. yeah, yeah, like the aha take on me video. It's, it looks identical practically. Yeah, so it's a, it's a good way to describe it for sure. Uh, the things we don't know is obviously we don't know about battery life yet. Uh, although, you know, my prediction was about this kind of right angle connector they showed in the, the patent design, which would make sense to run straight down to a battery pack that you could wear on your waist, a bit like the Vive Pro wireless adapter battery pack. You know, it's relatively light. Uh, you could put it anywhere and you wouldn't necessarily notice it. And it would just get more playtime out the headset, which I think would be a great solution. Um, we know that it's going to have 50 plus games uh, at launch, including exclusive titles such as Vader Immortal, uh, which is going to be really interesting, especially if they start pushing out exclusive titles just for Quest. Uh, I know that's going to upset Rift owners, um, but it's a good way to bring new people onto the platform, I think. Um, and also the interesting thing I noticed, because I watched the Carmack uh, talk after the event, because we, we were so busy at the show floor, I didn't get to watch it there and then, but I watched it afterwards. And he was saying that the Quest Store is going to be much stricter in terms of the the quality barrier. You know, a bit like what PlayStation are doing right now. They're not letting just anyone publish a, a PSVR application. They're really strict about that. Um, they're rig- they're going to be vigorously reviewing the apps for Quest as well. So, you know, if you're really mm-hmm. a great title and it's AAA quality, then you're going to get through. But a lot of the shovelware that we're seeing on Go right now just isn't going to get through the gates, which I'm happy about, to be honest. I think more is less in terms of the yeah, but the is that is that because there. of the quest or just because it's it's now a wireless thing, you know, where they need to play on save in in certain ways because they don't want people to have an unsafe experience. Mm-hmm. I, I think also exactly. why would they now suddenly fight like shuffleware? I I think it's only to kind of keep the same their, reason like, that PlayStation is doing it because they're yeah. they're reaching to a much bigger market now. Yeah, and, and and I think like I'd rather have less quality titles than more titles where a load of them are garbage. Uh, yeah. And on the go right now, you know, you look at the weekly releases, yeah. like most of that stuff is just pure crap, you know. Yeah, and we'll, just, we'll like, see. I, I, I'm curious because uh, I, I know that Jason Rubin said that with the Rift where he was really, you know, we're going to quality patrol the whole thing. Uh, also didn't really happen. So yeah. we'll see. I don't know what Oculus sets as a standard, you know, for, for them. Like what is yeah. for them shuffleware? 
Um, also, also so. Jim Hall made a made a very good point in the chat. He said uh, technically it's not 50 games; there are 50 titles, and not all of them will probably be games, which which is true. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, same with the Go. Like 360s were also a part of <laughs> like. Forty-five, three hundred and sixty-degree experiences in five comedy games. Touch on what Sims said, and I think that's 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 the 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 most interesting part right now, since it's not out yet, and a lot of people have just heard about it and read the articles. People don't know where to place this device. They a lot of people. I also have seen them talk about the quest in a way where it's like, hey, this is closer to the rift, and it's almost like you don't need to buy a rift anymore because the quest is. It, like, there's still a big like yeah. gap between yeah. that, but yeah. maybe but it needs to be out first to kind of straight. Yeah. I think out, it's like, like, like what we said in the in the last podcast. Is this is like you know, the console experience for virtual yeah. reality. That's how yeah, I see exactly. it. Like just like the PlayStation VR is also like a console experience, um, but even less than because you still need to buy the console itself. But this is like you know an all-in-one kind of device which is a gaming device which you can have uh, six degrees of freedom in your controllers and yeah. your headset yeah. you know it's the console kind of experience and the step beyond that is always going to be like a pc uh, focused uh, experience like the five or like the uh, like the rip yeah. i also believe that the processor in uh, uh, the oculus quest is the same as the one in the samsung uh, s8 if i remember correctly so it's like a mm-hmm. generation that sounds before. right i think it's, it's something it seems- like that it seems to me like a, almost like a push like what Nintendo would do. Like this, yeah. I, I equate the Quest to like almost a Nintendo push because you're going to get interesting experiences you can't get anywhere else on equipment that isn't, it's not like breaking, uh, you know, it's not breaking barriers with uh, with the CPU or any of that kind of stuff. But the combination of the assets all together in one engineered product, I think is going to give you some gaming experiences you can't get elsewhere. One thing I think that's going to piss people off um, and I can only, I'm only kind of taking this from what they did with the Go. I think it's going to be independently licensed. So if you have a title on the Go, so say I own Thumper on Oculus Home and I own yeah. it on the Go, I think I'm also have to own it on this device. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I have to beg Oculus to get right in this is please allow some kind of cloud backup or migration. Because if you, with the, with the, with the larger storage volume, I think we heard that this was going to be 64 starting with larger volumes uh, of storage on the equipment. Like if you build up a game library and you're playing away with it, right? You want to be able to back that up if you need to move to another set of hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the yeah. moment on the Go, your your Go traps things. And if your Go gets yeah. screwed, that's it. Your game files are gone. Yeah, I, I, I agree, but it depends. I think most of the users they have right now just own one thing. You know, they bought a Go or they maybe bought a Rift. Sure. But, but like, but like, you back it up. Own everything. It's like, yeah, I own everything, and I want to have everything everywhere. No, but like, if, if Zim, like Zim said though, like if his headset is is damaged or gets broken yeah. by the sun, then yeah. that's the problem he's having. You know, not yeah. being able to get. I think Nathan was back. talking about the licensing piece, right? So he was right. saying, you know, the compartmentalization of the licenses for most people right now is not a problem when they're trying to get a billion people into headsets. Uh, Although I think Oculus do do sort of support that idea. And I think what they kind of, they didn't really answer the question. They kind of said that it was up to developers discretion. So say if you bought, like you say, the climb on, on Rift that you might be able to get it on quest, but it's up to them at the end of the day. It wouldn't make sense. That's more something for the next generation. I mean, we have Mm. seen that with PlayStation three going to four. I don't think that's going to happen for now. They like the main focus of Oculus is to get, 
everyone a VR headset. And if that's a Go <laughs> Quest or something else, and if people want to buy more, that's fine too. But I think that their main audience right now just owns one of the like two for now. And but so they're going to reach a much bigger market with the Quest just because mm -hmm. the price is so much lower and it's a full-on VR experience. And I think that's what they're going for. Not it's to appease all the people that already have a Rift or already have a Vive or yeah, already... If you have a Go, I can still... Like I said, I see that the Go is a completely different device. It's more like, like something that I would watch a movie on, something I would go and travel with, something that I would take to work and show, you know people there but the quest i still i still don't see it as like a device that i would travel with even though it's wireless but more like you know like the console that you have in your house to play vr with although i i do believe that that everything that you can do on the go right now you'll be able to do in the quest because it's built on the same yeah. same, yeah. same platform it's just so all, 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 no 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 so all the social stuff i'm talking about that's exclusive yeah. to go that you can't do on rift i mean like you know oculus homes and all that kind of stuff will be available on quest yeah so i, I think if you if you're in the if, if you're in the mindset of like do i buy a go or do i buy a quest well it depends like you know the go is more sort of like they said in the keynote 80 percent media 20 percent gaming the quest yeah. is more sort of 80% gaming, 20% media. So it all kind of depends on your preference of what you want to do with this headset. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Uh, but obviously we know it's going to be shipping in spring 2019. So that makes it around sort of March, April time, $399 uh, all in. So I wonder if there's any, is there any specs that I missed out? Anything you think that you should throw into the mix before we round today's show up? But to be honest, like, I think it's a no-brainer. You know, this headset is, is going to be a fantastic headset for people. Like you say, that, and, and I know people as well. Like, you know, I've been involved in VR for a while now. But even mm -hmm. like my best friends, you know, out, outside of VR, that the, they're still not interested in VR, really. Even I, I show them how awesome it is. But it's a headset like this that they're thinking, 400 bucks, that's actually not bad. You know, they're the one, this is the headset that's really turned their, their head and they're, they're sort of traditional gamers, you know, you could call them. I, I, I think we're getting close. I don't think this is the one that, that uh, will, like there's, I don't know, like it's a certain type of people that, that just want to pay like just 50 bucks and, and then they expect <laughs> to You have like those people always, like, people I mean, have, like, you, yeah. you can maybe buy like a PlayStation Two now for like fifty bucks, like you know, like yeah, it's, yeah. It's not very, like I, I just came back from from first look, and there were people standing in line for three hours, three hours to try the Arizona Sunshine uh, Arena experience. So I mean, and that's just in, in Utrecht, you know, a small little city in uh, in Holland, in the Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there is definitely, definitely interest. They really want to, like, yeah, of course, they're interested in the tech. But what I heard at Gamescom, like, a lot of people tried all kinds of headsets, but it doesn't seem to sell just yet. Where it's like, okay, I had a fun experience there. That's where I can try it for free. But they don't feel like they want more of it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if the Quest can deliver that. Um, and that's, that's why they're making Vader Immortal exclusive yes, to the well, Quest. That's, that's an interest system seller for sure. There's one more thing that I did hear. Um, uh, on the show floor of connect that it needs to like it needs certain light lighting conditions to work properly i'm not sure if this is just a a seaman story hmm. um but uh you do have to play it at the right moment if it's too dark it might have some issues tracking your interesting I don't know if that's... Uh, we, we played Face Your Fears and it was in a darkened room. It wasn't pitch black, but it was a darkened room. Yeah, well, that's where most of those stories also came from in, in, in that sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it is interesting, though. Um, I did I did read that spec and, 
yeah, it caused me a little bit of concern because it's like, right, if you, I mean, then again, if you're all into this headset and you're wall roaming around, it's probably good that you got some light casted on your body yeah. so someone doesn't like run into you and like you don't run into them. Reality, the mixed reality headsets had the same issue. And in, in, yeah. in, so, yeah, if you put yeah. on some lights, then it should be fine. But also one thing to note is as well, and it's a question that keeps on popping up, is that this headset isn't going to be able to tether to your PC for oh. Rift experiences. Yeah. So they confirmed know, it, right? They, they confirmed it, but they did give a little tease to something else in Carmack's speech, and that was that they are testing wireless connection. Yeah, streaming. Streaming, yeah. but they can't promise anything, and I think it's unlikely. It would be a strange move for them, I think. But then then, so. then you then you go too much to PC, and then yeah. you also like make the quest too big in a way where people don't have to like buy the rift anymore and you have to keep that ecosystem alive i I think it's better to separate it you've got mobile you've got the one in the middle which is for gamers and then you've got rift for high end i prefer it that way someone is gonna Uh, hack it though we'll we'll see i mean oh yeah for sure you can also use your playstation vr headset to play pc games that's possible too yeah but it's an android device so you can you can break into these things like uh rowdy knows you know they're they're not secure as everything with those kind of those other things out there on the market right yeah Okay. Yeah, so I just want to would be kind of cool, like side loading your apps on the Quest. Yeah. So let's wow. let's let's round the show up because we've gone on for long enough now. We've got a couple of good cool. questions. Okay, go on. We can answer some <laughs> questions. <laughs> Finish it up, and we'll do the questions then. Okay. So just a reminder: it's a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show, live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Tune into the show live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. Check out the audio version on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Anchor. Fire away, Rowdy. Wow, that was, that was, I wasn't expecting it to go that smoothly. I got, uh, I got it right as well. <laughs> <laughs> we got actually a, a question, wait, I need to look it up again here. Uh, from Chris Richardson, did you guys like the Dead and Buried experience better than The Void? Hard question. They're really neck and neck. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, exactly. Because like having six people and all being playing in the same play space was just that next level. And and for a mobile device to be able to do that, again, next level. I disagree. Mm, but I think uh, the, the Void is still way, way better experience just because of, you know, all of the peripherals, you know, you have the heat, all that kind of stuff. It's something that you can't try in your living room. I still see myself packing boxes and stacking them all aside, try to align them perfectly, just to have like a game night together with like, like, six of my friends and do the quest experience. I still see myself doing that. Something that I did in the void, that, that's something I just can't do at home unless I buy like, I don't know, like a lab. It's like a cinema experience, stuff. isn't yeah, it, Rowdy? Exactly. It's exactly. literally like you're in a film, yeah. you feel the heat of the lava, all that kind of stuff. I agree. But the one thing that if I had to make a tiebreaker, I'd, I'd lean toward void. I, I love the quest, but I'd lean toward void because of the hand, the finger tracking. I don't know how they did it, but the finger tracking was so cool. I was like high-fiving all my buddies and we're all like, yeah. There's a big issue with the finger tracking though as well. And I, I didn't think of it, but it was actually Viper and Raiderhead who pointed it out. So like, you know, the, the entire time we were just putting each other's hands in each other's face. So that means that the, the hand of the person would actually like pop up oh. and you can like take his hand and just steal it and you couldn't use it anymore. Oh, yeah, of course, game, of course. Which I didn't think of at all, but they, that's what they <laughs> that's were doing funny. the entire time when they were playing it. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, the start of the Dead and Buried Arena where it transforms and you yeah, see your friends and you're challenging. If I could put that in the void and then have the rest of the void experience, fine. Like the the, the actual gameplay of Dead and Buried, yeah, uh, I don't know. I didn't really feel it that much, but 
the the void in in that sense was 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 great um so yeah it's like like both of them have their plus and and, and minus points it's just kobayashi maru that they yeah i would yeah I would like, take some of that some of that yeah, just patch it together. We got the Jim Hall also. I think what he wants is a comparison between the the Quest and the Vive adapter. But again, I, I don't think that. I think we all agree on that. You know, it's a different kind of thing, like completely. First yeah, off, yeah, it's much more expensive, and second off, it's still PC VR that you're playing on. So, <laughs> but ultimately, I, being wireless and having a VR headset on is freaking epic. Yeah. Mm. Of course, of course. <laughs> I can't Stephan wait for those comparisons. Stefan Anderson is asking us, can they do a Stormland version for the Quest? Maybe, with simple shell-shaded-ish shell graphics? No way. I don't think it's happen. going to happen. Not no. Too heavy. Like, having, having, desktop. having played that game, like it looks gorgeous. Uh, and like the mechanics in it, very, very detailed environments, very deep mechanics as well. Uh, there's just no way I don't think they can do that. Yeah. I thought it wasn't going to like Decay. Game. It's quite Sorry. good. You know, I was just going to say on Stormland, the ability you can fly around these like weird looking clouds and the way you rip your arm off. And the best part for me was the grenades. You like tap this little like thermal detonator grenade and you roll it off and it just explodes. The one thing I wish they missed out on, I wish I could just do it with my forehead. Anyway, <laughs> I, got, I got to write those devs before the game releases. I will do that. Yeah. Okay. One more before we go. If there's yeah, one we, more. Got, we got Paradise Decay asking, Mike, did you eat all of your pepper nuts? I haven't no because I've you know I've only just got back. I have been getting through them a little bit though, enjoying them like you know a little bit at a time. I don't want to like just give myself diabetes straight away, so I'm just slowly you know going through them because these are my only batch. These are the only ones I've got, so I've got to yes. I've got to ration them. You know, so uh, there we have it. VR and pepper nuts all in one show. What more could you ask for? Um, so I hope you guys and girls have enjoyed this episode of the show. Uh, yeah, have a great week in VR. We'll be back as always next week. Uh, we're back on track now usual schedule so have a great week and we'll see you then so bye-bye for now bye-bye Bye. Ciao.